Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to another segment of the PI Window on the World. As always, I'm your host, John Hansen. Of course, who else would be here? Uh, maybe one of these days I will get a guest host. I wonder if Letterman's free. Anyway, forget about that. I digress. Today, we have a very interesting segment in our series of interviews uh, for the Procurious Big Ideas Summit. And of course, uh, for those of you who may not be familiar yet, uh, the Big Ideas Summit is taking place in Chicago, Illinois on the 28th of September. And as I said previously, they've certainly aligned an array, impressive array of speakers. I guess that's the way to say it. That's what I feel. And one of them is joining me today, uh, American Blockchain Council Executive Director Jack Shaw, and we'll be with Jack in just a moment. Just a couple of points of housekeeping. Number one, if you're joining us right now, well, that's great. I'm, I'm, of course, glad to have you here. However, if your schedule isn't conducive to joining us at this point in time, not to worry, because the entire segment is being recorded and will be made available on an on-demand basis. Just one of the great, great things about internet radio and, of course, blog talk radio. I also want to remind you, that if you have any comments about this show or any show or any posts on the Procurement Insights blog, we have what's known as a open door perpetual hashtag, which is hashtag PI Open Talk. So that's capital P-I, capital O, P-E-N, capital T-A-L-K. So, you know, if you just want to talk about this show or, or you just got a great idea or something that uh, you, you want to get off your chest, that is your open line to say whatever you need to say in 140 characters or less. Now, without further delay, I want to welcome to the segment today, uh, Jack Shaw. Jack, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Well, thank you. I'm glad I'm here also. Uh, I'm calling in from Atlanta, storm-wracked uh, Atlanta, not as bad as uh, Florida or southern Texas, but uh, we've been out without power for three days now. So it's. Uh, I'm delighted to get a break from that to talk about uh, some topics of professional excitement. Well, you see, I, I really appreciate you calling in. Then, so you're, and again, I don't want to digress too much, but you're, you've been without power for three days. Wow. Is it, <laughs> has it? I mean, I've got four young kids, and if they couldn't get on their Xbox or TV, there would be an uprising here. But um, I mean, it, was the storm was the storm as bad as you had expected it to be uh, when it hit Atlanta? It was uh, it was still tropical storm force winds when it hit Atlanta, so winds in the 60 to 80 mile an hour range. Took down a lot of trees, took out a lot of power lines. Fortunately, nowhere near the damage or flooding that was incurred, like I said, in Florida or Texas. But uh, gosh, four days later, there's still half a million homes without power. And 
I happen to be one of them, and I work out of my home office, but through the use of uh, uh, a series of very long extension cords, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm able to get enough power to, to get online and uh, keep things rolling. So I'm, I'm glad that we were able to, uh, to go ahead and, and uh, work this out for this morning. Well, you know, let's get right to the show because we want to preserve or conserve as much power of that power as possible. Now, we're talking in the virtual <laughs> green room. And one one of the things that's interesting, before I get into the poll results, one of the things that was interesting, I said, is that everybody's heard about blockchain uh, and, 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 and all the, the, the related Bitcoin, blockchain, everything like that. Uh, yet very few people actually comprehend. And I made reference to the uh, to the procurement world. You mentioned that, you know, it's across all professions and industry sectors, but you made an interesting analogy. You said blockchain today is very similar to what the internet was 20 years ago. And I want to start off with that. You know, can you maybe elaborate on that a little bit more? Because we all know the internet and we, we know it like breathing. Uh, but what did you mean by that? Well, that's a, that's a, an excellent point. And let, and let me share with you a, a story uh, uh, I've been a technology futurist for 30 years now. So in the late 90s, 20 years ago, uh, I was speaking to various different uh, trade associations and, and professional societies and organizations about uh, emerging technologies. And of course, the particular focus in those days was the internet and the World Wide Web. And for a demonstration to illustrate to these people what this was about, uh, uh, I showed them uh, something that was called a website. And uh, I explained to them this particular website was operated by a little startup company they'd never have heard of uh, that called themselves Amazon.com. Um, but uh, I logged onto the website, ordered a copy of my own book, and had it shipped to the uh, president of the association. And at the end of the demonstration, I said, so what do you think? And... Uh, one of the guys in the fans raised his, in the audience raised his hand and he said, Jack, that was absolutely fascinating. But help me understand, what does that have to do with us? We're procurement executives. We don't sell books. Um, now, in the retrospect, we can all say whatever field we're in, uh, what the implications of Internet technology were. And within a few short years after that time, everybody pretty much got it. But I actually did have a conversation with a uh, Fortune 100 chief procurement officer uh, just a couple of months ago, uh, who shall remain mercifully unnamed, uh, who said, uh, I just don't see how blockchain could possibly apply to our business. And it was an absolute echo of the fellow who 20 years earlier had said, what has this World Wide Web thing got to do with us? Uh, and I think that's one of the concerns uh, and, and at the same time, opportunities for procurement executives is to get an understanding of what does this mean from a business perspective. Now, let's pull this. And again, I've got an interesting poll I want to touch on, but this leads into another question. Because as you know, uh, and, and let's look uh, focusing on the procurement world, we're, we're now in the full, uh, I guess, transition. Uh, to the millennials, uh, you know, new 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 people joining the workforce who are not as intimidated uh, by technology, let's say, as, as as the predecessor, the baby boom, boomers. Like I like yourself, I remember the days of CPM before DOS, and remember <laughs> DOS before all of those things, and the old K Pro, and and you people out there who are young like Jack and I, you'll probably remember that as well. But. <laughs> The difference between back then and now, what impact will millennial 
uh, involvement or integration of the profession have? Are they much more in tune? I mean, is it a technological hurdle that people have to overcome? Is it a conceptual hurdle? Like, what are the ch what are what are the problems? Uh, and and I'll go into the t the poll results uh, after you answer the question. But like, what are the obstacles to that? Is is, is it more that they just can't grasp the concept? And will the millennials help to accelerate that? Okay, that's an excellent series of questions. So let me take a, a quick crack at, at them. Uh, yeah, grasping the concept is, is the biggest challenge. In general, as millennials move into higher levels of responsibility, as they've now been, certainly for the last two or three years, we're starting to see middle and either upper middle management people uh, uh, out of the millennial class, if you will. Um, uh, they're going to grasp it a little bit more easily. Uh, but I can remember back in the 1980s thinking, well, I'm certainly glad, going to be happy when I get to be a senior executive and every senior executive under, understands technology like I do. Um, and uh, I learned, of course, by the time 10 or 15 years ago that baby boomers had become senior executives, that just having time and grade doesn't necessarily give you those insights. Having said that, I think the millennials will pick it up more easily, but it has much more to do with having an open mind being willing to think in new ways and differently about how business processes and business models work, then it has to do with any particular uh, uh, skill set uh, around technical expertise. So, so, so basically, I think is very much key point. So, so basically, that that that's really the key. There is 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 while there will be some, if I understand correctly, some millennial influence in reality. Uh, the bigger question is, is, again, thinking outside of the box or beyond the, the, the framework of familiar is really what you're suggesting, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Now, now and, 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 and this next question, I mean, and, and this is a poll, November last year, took a poll during a webinar and, and asked the question, are you familiar with blockchain's role in the business world? Not just in procurement, but this was addressed to an audience of procurement professionals. And just a little more than 5% of those polled said yes. I mean, like, so, the, you know, it, it, that 5% seems like there's a lot of work to do. Have we made any uh, transition or, or growth or, or progress in, 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 in breaking through on that? Because I know, for example, Gartner came out with a report on the emergence of federated trusts, uh, uh, blockchain, and, and there was a government paper out of the United Kingdom that talked about, you know, how blockchain uh, can help in terms of providing better services to uh, uh, to the taxpayer and all of these elements. I mean, are we progressing in terms of moving beyond just that 5% number? And how yes. long do you yes. estimate okay. it will take? And how long do you estimate it will take to get some real traction, to get that 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 flywheel effect that, you know, uh, I refer to oftentimes in, in, in uh, Collins's Good to Great book? Sure. Sure. Okay. So, uh, yes, we're making huge progress. Uh, I've seen a couple of, uh, of major uh, events uh, take place in the last uh, just over 90 days or so. Uh, uh, one that was very, very important is people kept asking, when, when are the big software companies going to get on board with this? Now, um, First of all, Microsoft has been on board for well over a year. IBM has been on board for nearly two years. Of course, IBM is, is more of a, a technology solution enabler, broad-based, and not a software company per se. 
But of course, especially for the mid-sized to large companies, they want to know what's going on with SAP and Oracle uh, and the other major uh, ERP vendors. And uh, I had the opportunity to speak at the uh, uh, SAP Sapphire conference in Orlando, and uh, they announced the release of the latest version of their SAP Leonardo platform. And one of the major features was they announced uh, support for blockchain-enabled applications across the board, uh, not only the SAP applications, uh, but also for partner applications developed around the SAP platform. They basically said, we are all in on blockchain. Now, of course, they didn't make, wave a magic wand to make all of that implemented instantly, but they made a very clear direction about where they're headed with that. IBM and Microsoft have done the same thing more recently. Oracle has jumped on board. So the big technology companies uh, this year, and particularly over the net last 90 days or so, have really gotten on board. And this is completely analogous to three other key transitions we've seen over the last 35 years. Back in the early 1980s, uh, most business people thought that the notion of personal computers made by this uh, uh, radio chat and this funny little company with the name of Apple, uh, we're all very cute, we didn't have any place in the business world until IBM announced that they were making a personal computer, and all of a sudden, wait, these are the guys that make mainframes. I mean, they're doing it. Maybe we ought to start paying attention to it. Fifteen years later, mid-1990s, a lot of people thought that the Internet was not useful for anything but letting college boys look at dirty pictures. And uh, all of a sudden, Bill Gates announced that Microsoft was doing a pivot, integrating Internet across its product line. 2007. A lot of people thought cell phones were a, a nice thing to be able to have, but weren't of any practical use in helping you manage your business or your personal affairs until Apple announced uh, the iPhone. And I think having SAP and Oracle and IBM and Microsoft all having jumped very much on board investing among them billions of dollars into delivering blockchain-enabled solutions is a huge step. The second one is quite simply awareness building, and last week's issue of Fortune Magazine, the cover story on Fortune Magazine was blockchain mania, how this revolutionary technology is transforming business and why everyone from Wall Street to Walmart is betting on it, uh, and three stories on blockchain in the September 1st issue of Fortune Magazine. That kind of building of awareness uh, between the uh, support of the major technology vendors and then the, uh, the awareness of a magazine like Fortune with the worldwide reach it's got to millions of executives uh, is going to dramatically overcome that. The next step then is education so that people understand better what exactly is this and how does it work and what does it mean, and I expect that's what some of your other questions will be about. Well, you know, you know, right off the bat, and 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 thank you for that clarification because a number of questions came to my mind. Obviously, in terms of that, number one, the first thought was that you know people are looking towards the the established big players uh, to take the lead on this, if you will, because there's a certain amount of comfort in knowing that a Microsoft and and organizations like that uh, understand it. But you know, one of the things, and it sort of segues into the next question: How will it affect the procurement professional? You know, the internet has been around for a long time, and so is e-procurement solutions, for example. And and we know the history of the ERP-based solutions uh, had a very high failure rate in terms of achieving the expected results for a sustained time within any organization. The breakthrough came 
is when the procurement professionals buying over the internet at home said, this is easy. Why can't we have this same experience in the workplace? Do you see where I'm going with yeah. this, Jack? And so now, if you look at it, we're at that early stage of blockchain getting the technical support and certainly the, the comfort support. And I, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say the old belt with suspenders. No one got, ever got fired for buying IBM mantra, which we're familiar with. <laughs> but there is, a, <laughs> there is a certain amount of security where you can say, well, you know what? I, I mean, if Microsoft is doing it, it must be right. But the reality is, is that ultimately the greatest breakthroughs in our industry, the greatest technological innovations in our industry, the highest rate of user adoption occurred when procurement people could grasp the meaning and the impact of blockchain in their personal lives at home, or not blockchain, but uh, you know, utilizing the internet and e-procurement solutions. So right. is that gonna follow a similar path now with blockchain? And what will be that entry point? Okay, all right, you bring up a, a couple of key points. Uh, first of all, in terms of, of applications at home, we, we are beginning to see that it's going to be in a number of different areas. It's going to be less around consumers purchasing stuff at home. Uh, there may be some blockchain enabling for that, but for the most part, you know, people are pretty comfortable and secure buying things online personally, but other kinds of applications are going to begin to emerge uh, over the next two to three to five years. We're going to see, start to see made available to consumers, everything from uh, uh, online secure, online medical records that can be shared uh, with uh, uh, insurance payers and, and uh, hospital and physician providers and updated by those people as appropriate while still being secure from a you know, a HIPAA perspective and other perspectives, uh, even uh, online voting, uh, land titles being moved to the internet will make the uh, real estate closing processes, excuse me, uh, land titles being moved to the blockchain, to blockchain. There is no the blockchain, by the way. There's lots of different blockchains. Uh, but for example, Cook County is moving all of its 500, excuse me, 5 million land titles to blockchain. Now, it's going to take them a couple of years to get all that done, but what that means is that closings will take place much more quickly because title searches, instead of taking uh, days or weeks, will be done in seconds. Um, and as consumers begin to see that, they'll want to see the same kinds of responsiveness in their businesses. In the businesses, it is going to require a lot more uh, cooperation and collaboration among participants in any particular business ecosystem. In this way, it's going to be very analogous, reaching back to the very early days of your career, John, when you uh, recall EDI back in the 80s being adopted by major buyers and sellers as an enabler of uh, uh, improvements and uh, communication between uh, those uh, people. And there had to be industry consortium groups that would agree on what the meaning and formats of electronic data for purchase orders and invoices and ship notices and all that type of thing um, uh, were for EDI. And we're going to see an analogous set of activities emerging in um, the uh, implementation of blockchain. Uh, companies will still be able to compete rigorously uh, for them. For uh, I watch a great, a, a great uh, but they're going to agree on, on the underlying standards. I watched a great football game last weekend when my Atlanta Falcons held on at the end to 
hold off the Chicago Bears in an exciting game. They were competing very tough, but at the same time, both sides agreed 100% on what was the size and shape of the field they were playing on. And we're going to see the same thing going on in various different business ecosystems as they define how can we jointly use blockchain to take cost out of the entire ecosystem as a whole, and then we can all compete with one another to deliver value to our customers at a much higher level. So is that where, where Gartner called the Federated Trust come into play? Well, uh, I, I'm not, I've, I've read a number of articles about Gartner, and they're, they're very good at, at coining terms. And uh, In fact, they're the ones who coined the term e-commerce nearly 30 years ago. Um, so Federated Trust could be looked at from a purely technical perspective, the fact that the data itself is federated, that is located in multiple places around the Internet. Uh, but it also could mean that uh, uh, you have par multiple participants in any given business ecosystem, not only the buyers and sellers, but organizations like involved in the transactions and shipments like third-party logistics companies, transportation carriers, uh, customs brokers, and, and, and all of the others, not to mention regulators, auditors, and so forth, all participating and agreeing on how can we establish a set of trusted data that can serve the needs and objectives of all the various participants in, in that ecosystem. So I, I, I don't know if that's the way they intended it, but I think that's certainly a valid application of, of the term. Now, one of the things you mentioned, it was subtle, but it is worth noting, uh, distributed ledgers. Uh, you know, that's, that, that, that's generally what blockchain is, but you mentioned blockchain isn't the only one. Yet it seems to be the ubiquitous one. You know, when we reach for a tissue, when we have a cold, we call it a Kleenex, <laughs> even though there's uh, all kinds of makes and, and brands. So it, it, is blockchain itself, uh, because it's used as an all-encompassing uh, reference point, I mean, is that deceptive in itself? Because really what we're talking about is distri are, are distributed ledgers. Is that not correct, Jack? Well, I think from a technical perspective, that's correct. Uh, but I think it's important that we we distinguish between the uh, the nuts and bolts of the underlying uh, technology and how it works. Uh, you know, very few of the people who did, uh, uh, you know, made dramatic improvements in uh, uh, procurement and supply chain management processes. Uh, between say uh, the late 90s and 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 uh, uh, you know five to eight years ago, uh, when when most of those improvements were made, they've spread out more. But there, you know, the last five years there hasn't been a lot of new different stuff that's purely internet enabled. But for for a decade or so, there was very significant improvements. Those improvements had much more to do with the rethinking of how do we use the internet and the world wide web as a tool to improve the procurement and supply chain management process. Then they did with, let's get down into the weeds of exactly how do TCPIP and HTTP, you know, trend, uh, uh, protocols work and what do they mean and do we need to make improvements in them? There are technical people who are gonna be paying attention and already are in the case of blockchain, paying attention to very important issues around the security and the scalability and the speed and response time of blockchain-enabled applications. Um, the opportunity for procurement executives is trust that the technical engineers are addressing the technical concerns and limitations faster than, than you can possibly change your business processes to take advantage of them and, and rethink, you know, focus on 
how can we leverage the not only current but very soon emerging technologies to uh, you know to make significant improvements in in not only just our procurement processes but more broadly stepping back and actually rethinking the business model as a whole how can we uh, add a lot of value uh, within the ecosystem as a result of that I, I'm not quite sure if I answered the question so feel free to rephrase if I, if I left some of that on the grab. Well, you know what, let, 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 let's drill down a little bit further because, you know, I picked up on your EDI uh, reference. And it, one of the things that came to my mind immediately, and it'll lead into to the next question is, if I'm a procurement pro, what impact is it going to have uh, specifically? But it, it, is it safe to say that blockchain, distributed ledgers, blockchain, uh, are going to have significant, albeit indirect impact like we know edi impacted the way in which procurement works obviously but it was not a direct uh, a direct effect necessarily felt on the front line in terms of the day-to-day responsibility so will blockchain change the way uh that procurement professionals leverage today's cloud-based solutions for example to procure goods and services and that all the transformation that is going to be happening will happen in the background like an EDI. I'll use that to, you know, correlation like an EDI where, you know, payment will happen faster or the, 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 the efficiency in the background, the security in the background, all those things that you don't see but are an integral part of, of, of doing business, certainly in the Internet world. Is it going to be, is it, it, you know, is that the effect that's going to have or, or am I missing something? And is there a more direct effect? Uh, no, your point, I think, is, is a very good one. Uh, similar to uh, EDI, uh, implementing systems that allow you to simply participate in blockchain-based business ecosystems is not going to magically make your procurement function and supply chain management functions work better in your organization. Um, you know, I, the extreme cases, I saw companies doing EDI that would uh, receive the EDI transactions on a personal computer, print them out, and then put them in an in-basket as if they'd come in on a fax machine. And uh, obviously, that didn't do anything except keep, uh, a, you know, key customers or key trading partners happy. Um, and you could take the same approach to blockchain and derive very little benefit from it. The organizations that benefit significantly from it are going to be the ones who use it to uh, to rethink their processes uh, uh, and, and their business models. And there, there are going to be tremendous opportunities to eliminate reconciliation processes, uh, eliminate invoices in many cases. If you've got confirmation and pricing, I mean, companies have been trying to implement uh, uh, receipts-based payment for for 30 years now, and but part of the challenge is they can't trust the combination of their data and the and their trading partners' data. Now you've got a much higher level of trust that's possible. Sourcing is going to be able to become faster and easier because you're going to be able to get trusted data about who these suppliers are, whether they're legit, the quality uh, of their products and services, certifications uh, that may be appropriate, and to the extent you're using advanced analytics or even AI analytics because it's based on more secure, reliable data. You're going to be able to make better decisions. You're going to be able to take your analysis past the A-level products down to the B and C-level products. Um, smart contracts uh, are going to be able to be self-enforcing in terms of many of the provisions on timing of payments, uh, 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 integration of IoT and blockchain 
can allow much better visibility of movement of product through the supply chain and optimization of the movement of that product, reducing supply chain risk, um, uh, tracking the provenance of, of parts and, and materials uh, all the way back even to the extractive industries was the coltan that was used to manufacture the electronic circuitry that is a component within a sub-assembly that's part of an assembly of a product that you sell uh, mined in an area that uses uh, run by a warlord and uses slave labor and uh, suddenly you've got people picketing your corporate headquarters that your company's supporting slave labor because somebody five tiers up in the supply chain is is uh, uh, you know cutting corners trying to make a few extra bucks and and you haven't had any way of knowing that with blockchain you'd be able to trace and track all of those uh, types of things much more efficiently so uh, again it, it it is not something that is automatically going to uh, confer benefits on an organization on a procurement organization uh, but it is something that if you leverage it effectively. Uh, can help you generate a tremendous amount of benefits. Well, Jack, thank you so much. We're running out of time very, very quickly. But one thing, I guess, is with the American Blockchain Council, and you're the executive director. I guess uh, this is one of the elements of what you're 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 doing is 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 or your mandates, for lack of a better word, is to uh, is to really spread the word and explain blockchain as you is. I take it that's, that's probably. That's No, go yeah, ahead. That, 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 yeah, that's exactly our, our role in, in uh, the market, in the broader ecosystem, if you will, is to help senior level executives, uh, especially, although not exclusively, non-technical executives like CPOs and their counterparts, understand the strategic business implications of blockchain technology so that they can begin developing plans and strategies. And we do that by conducting in-house seminars, for individual companies uh, by uh, writing posts. I'm working on my next book, The Blockchain Transformation, How Blockchain Will Change uh, Your Business, Your Industry, and the World. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm speaking. I'm keynoting the World Blockchain Summit in Dubai at the end of October. I'm speaking at uh, trade association events, at professional society events, like the Precurious event in Chicago. I'm excited uh, to be there. Uh, and, and other procurement-related uh, activities and helping people across uh, industries and across business functions understand what it means from a senior-level strategic viewpoint. Jack, thank you. You know what? You're giving my producer, uh, who's giving me hand signals, Morty, saying we're running overtime. Listen, Morty, you ah. forgot to put cream in my coffee this morning, so uh, you know, deal with it. But I think this was important <laughs> to hear this, Jack. And and I appreciate your time this morning simply because, again, it, I, I think it paves the way to further discussion, which is one of the great things about you being with the Procura's Big Ideas Summit in, in, in the speaker lineup uh, that's uh, on the 28th in Chicago. Because I, I think we the more we talk about and the more we focus on, on the practical um, integration of blockchain into how we do things and get a better understanding. I think that will forward the cause. So thank you for joining us today, Jack. Uh, I appreciate that, especially given the circumstances of uh, extended uh, extension cords. And uh, I look forward to talking with you again soon. Well, I look forward to it too. It's been my pleasure, John, uh, and you're certainly welcome. Thank you. And of course, to you, the listening audience, as always, I appreciate your time. 
and uh, that is, of course, your most important asset. Hopefully, what's uh, happened with Jack today is you've you've gained a little bit uh, more insight into the blockchain question. It'll be interesting when we uh, do a webinar later this month, and, and Jack and I will be doing that uh, on the 27th of September. I'm going to pose this same uh, polling question and see how much that needle has moved beyond the 5%. Anyway, I want to remind everybody to check out the Precarious Big Ideas Summit that is uh, scheduled for Chicago, the Windy City on the 28th of September. Until then, I remain your host as always, John Hansen. Have a great day and a great rest of your week. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.